You're listening to special programming from Nevada Voice and 91.5 Jazz and More, KUNV FM and HD1 Las Vegas. This is Impact, a daily look at how we are coping with the coronavirus in Nevada. I'm Carrie Kaufman. Businesses have shut down in Nevada for a month now, and Governor Sisolak said today he doesn't know if Nevada will still be closed after April 30th. He said quite pointedly in his news conference today that he is listening to the scientists and he will open the state when they say it is safe to. We also heard from the head of Nevada's state labs about what they're doing. It involves more testing and 3D printing of testing materials. How much past April 30th can businesses survive in this state without being uh, full capacity? We're going to explore that later in the interview. But first, this news. So uh, we've got the numbers from the Washington Post, which we have every day here. Uh, More than 144,000 people have died around the world. We're now at 2.1 million cases. This is 2.1 million tested cases. As the governor and his chief scientist said in the news conference today, uh, there are a lot of people who haven't been tested. We've only been testing people who show symptoms. So uh, the case numbers will likely go up, or at least people who have had it when we start uh, being able to do antibody testing. Uh, In the U.S., we have uh, 637,000 cases and 33,000 deaths. There are still hotspots that are starting in different parts of the country, including South Dakota. In Nevada, we've got uh, 3,214 cases. Six more people have died since yesterday, bringing us to 137. Uh, The case count also is only a few more than it was yesterday. So either these are being reported a little later or we are really flattening out. For context, uh, New York's numbers rose to 224,000 cases and over 16,000 deaths. But Governor Cuomo says the numbers in his state are looking like they're coming down and he's going to start sharing ventilators with new hotspots. I'm going to bring in Andrea Cole right now. Andrea is a teacher and one of the um, uh, moderators of the uh, Parents Facebook group, which is a really, really, really great resource, whether you're a parent or you're not a parent. Uh, Andrea, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. So I want to start with this. You are from Michigan. A bunch of protesters yesterday showed up in Lansing, which is the capital of Michigan, to protest Governor Gretchen Whitmer's uh, office. They want her to open the state for for business. Uh, Whitmer essentially said that she's listening to the scientists, just like our governor is. Uh, You have some thoughts on this. Oh, I'm so frustrated about this. It was so sad for me to see this yesterday. People from all the small towns in Michigan, they all gathered in Lansing. Many of them weren't wearing masks. Hundreds of people standing outside the state capitol. The majority of them were waving Trump flags and had on MAGA hats. And we're talking about... um, just wanting to go life to go back to normal. They're clearly not listening to science. Um, the The overwhelming majority of these people were um, not social distancing in any way, shape, or form. Um, I didn't see one person of color. It was all white people. Mm. 
And I actually even I saw a swastika or two in the crowd. I mean, Confederate flags. It it was insane, Gary. I, I just want to say that th- this is not all people from small towns in Michigan. These are few people who are uh, uh, politically motivated to do whatever President Trump says. And he's been kind of ragging on uh, Governor Whitmer lately. Right. And the reason that I mentioned that they were coming from these small towns is the concern is, is that now because they've gathered in that group, now they've been possibly exposed, right? Ah. Because they've been around hundreds of people. And these small town hospitals aren't necessarily equipped to handle the huge outbreaks that that, that could happen in, in those smaller hospitals around the state of Michigan. Uh, interesting. Um, that's actually partly what I've, I've been reading about in uh, in Sioux Falls. Also, that uh, mm-hmm. the mayor of Sioux Falls is worried because they don't have the hospitals, uh, and, and it's his town that is getting hit. Um, I want to talk about uh, Governor Sisolak's press conference today, uh, where they went through the hurdles to getting everybody tested. Uh, they they are they announced that they're doing their three D printing the swabs, which I find fascinating, right? These soft mm-hmm. swabs that you that you're putting in your mouth or your nose uh, so they can't hurt. They're actually they're actually putting them out on a 3D printer. Uh, they're the first state, according to the, the head scientist, uh, Mark Pandori, they are the, the first state to do this. Um, but I feel like it's going to screw up the future supply chain. I mean, we've been saying this for a long time. 3D printing is going to kill bigger manufacturing because you can just make anything you want. Right. Right. Well, I think at this point, Nevada just has to take this into their own hands because with the lack of response from the federal government, like the doctor that Sisolak had on today was saying how, you know, we have the brownie mix, but we don't have the pan. We don't have the milk. Mm. We don't have the eggs. And so unfortunately, states are on their own and they're having to make this stuff themselves. Yes. Good point. Uh, They have uh, uh, Dr. Pandori said that they have 5000 tests on hand on any given day. Uh, and they are testing every newborn and people with symptoms. But he also said that it was clear that we can't go back to normal until we test people who are not symptomatic. So they're going to be doing automatic testing. I'm going to look into that. I would like to have him on to talk about that. Uh, they will be opening more testing places. Uh, and they're going to be doing antibody testing to see uh, who has already had a COVID-19. And I really hope that they allow us to see... Um, when people got COVID-19, because I know a few people who think that they had it as as early as January. Uh, But when a number of journalists ask about Mayor Goodman and and Governor Sisolak uh, answered the same way every time, and I'm going to play you one of those answers. I am listening, and I will repeat this as many times as you'd like me to, to medical experts, to my scientific experts, and determining what is in the best interest of this community. I do not know who her experts are. You can see one of my experts here. You know who my experts are on my medical advisory team. It's all been made public, it's all posted. And I will stack up my medical experts against anybody else that's putting together a team that's gonna decide uh, when we should open. I was elected to represent all the citizens, all the folks in the state of Nevada, and that's what I intend to do. 
Sisolak was also asked a question about uh, rural areas uh, like White Pine County who want to uh, stop this shutdown just in their county. And he had the same answer, that that hot spots can flare up, and I'm the governor of everybody. So <laughs> we'll see where this goes, uh, and we'll see if we open things up or, or, or what we do on April 30th, what we start doing. We can't. I don't think we can just open the door. Uh, but what what the steps are will be interesting. And it also sounds like our scientists and our governor actually have a plan, which is pretty refreshing to see. It sure is. Uh, so uh, I want to talk about uh, the federal government for a moment. Uh, we are hearing today that uh, some people who use tax services such as TurboTax are having trouble getting their stimulus deposits. And some have gotten their deposits, but they didn't uh, get the $500 per child under 17. Uh, other people are getting actual checks, for the f- and for the first time ever, these checks are going to have the president's name on them. Trump actually wanted to sign them, but it turns out that's not legal. So it, it seems, Andrea, that this, this government's response is haphazard at best. I mean, I, I kind of went through a list of things. The stimulus is screwed up in terms of people getting their, their checks on time. SBA loans are slow because we have to go through banks, and banks are like, we're not putting ourselves out there to take this risk. Uh, which, and it doesn't help that people who have put themselves out there in the Trump administration have kind of had their heads chopped off. Uh, we have no testing, although we're making testing materials with 3D printers, so that's great. Uh, but nationally, we are not, we're not talking about the things we need to get testing. Uh, Trump created a business advisory board and basically put people on the board without their consent. Uh, this was, He just picked a list of business leaders that he wanted to have phone meetings with yesterday. And many of them told him yesterday that we could not open the government unless we had testing. Uh, I should also note that the IRS, which is processing all of these payments, has seen its budget cut year after year since the early 2000s. And it is an agency that conservatives have been saying for decades that we don't need. But how would people get their checks without it, Andrea? Right. right. I, I don't know. The, the, incompe- the incompetence is absolutely astonishing. Um, I think it's important that we all vote and elect people that, that are good at their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm at a loss for words because it's staggering the amount of incompetence and, and now, you know, states having to form these coalitions to try and handle this on their own Mm -hmm. is, it's, yeah. uh, (laughs) And Gavin Newsom has said that he's called California a city state, you you know, like it's, like it's, it's, uh, it is, it's own entity. It is, the, I think, the fifth largest economy in the world. So um, there, Gavin Newsom is ready to take on the federal government. I think, I think it's very interesting. But all I can say is thank God for Anthony Fauci. And uh, that, is, that is all. Uh, I want to do... Um... Mine! Don't give it! You're rude. Luckily, in my house, we have not had a whole lot of that. Uh, I do have twin daughters. And so uh, as sisters, they argue a lot. As twins, they argue a lot. Um, But it's actually been pretty good. Uh, There are a lot of things that uh, I've been looking at that uh, people can do at home with their 
um, kind of adult children, and there are, are a lot of things that people can do at home with their little children. You got some ideas for us? I honestly think that the, the younger children are starting to me to look more easily entertained because teenagers get bored, I feel like, a lot more easily. Mm. Um, Matthew and I have been playing a lot of Monopoly, and we are doing a push-up challenge where oh. um, every day we add another push-up, and we're going to see how many push-ups we can do by the end of the the lockdown here. Um some of my friends with younger kids are doing some really fun things. I saw a couple of friends actually set up tents for their kids, like full-size camping tents mm. in their in their living rooms and are making it fun for them that way. So, Yeah. Okay. You know, the weather's nice enough. You could set up those tents in the, your backyard and then lock the door. No, 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 no. We would never do that. But um, <laughs> right. you've told me about this push-up challenge before. Can I ask how many you're up to? <laughs> no. Okay, fine. Are you still beating him? I'm still beating him. Okay, good. I am. I, am. I should know that um, her son is 14, and she's kind of like, you know, needling him a little bit about how she can do more push-ups. Yeah, I mean, to be 14 and, and stuck at home with your mom, I mean, it's a bad break for these for these only children. Right, so. right. Right. Um, I think that's really why teenagers... Break. Thank God for technology. <laughs> thank God for technology. I think that's why teenagers have issues with it, because... Um, they're, they don't, they don't want to talk to their parents anyway. Uh, so, so as long as they have a room to be in and they have technology where they can talk to their friends, I I think I'm good with that. We're going to go right now to the interview. Yesterday, we got a glimpse at how the coronavirus is affecting the economy nationally. Our retail sales online and in store are down 8.7%. That's a lot when you consider the GDP growth is about 3% when it's considered good. But how are we doing here in Nevada? Today, we're checking in with Peter Guzman. He is the executive director of the Latin Chamber of Commerce about his vast membership and how they are doing. Peter, welcome to the program. Uh, Cool. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Kevin, for turning that button on. Uh, Talk to me about your membership and how the membership reacted when Governor Sisolak about a month ago announced that we were having an economic uh, shutdown. Well, look, I mean, uh, you know, it was very scary. Uh, a lot of people who aren't entrepreneurs and have never uh, met payrolls, um, they don't understand a thing called profit margin. And, and everybody assumes that every business has a huge profit margin, which is completely false and untrue. And so when you have, when thing, when your business is going well and you're hiring people and you have people working for you and then all of a sudden the doors are shut uh, with about a week's notice or less, you know, that's devastating on small business. It just is. Um, and so, you know, my membership is no different. I mean, uh, they're, they're worried, they're nervous, uh, but, I, but, but I will say this, uh, entrepreneurs, they, ha- they understand that to run a business, you're constantly adjusting. Mm-hmm. You're constantly hitting obstacles. Now, this obstacle is much larger than your normal ones. I get that. But I also know that uh, there's going to be some great things happening uh, our doors. There's going to be great opportunities. There's going to be brand- new companies, new industries, uh, sanitizing everything. Um, cleanliness is going to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. So I think there's positives and, and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, so I don't really 
play the blame game. I don't dwell too much on that because I have to worry about today and tomorrow and my employees. And so I have to, you know, we have to adjust and be ready. We do have to be ready for when the doors open because businesses that aren't ready for the opening will also get crushed. Right. So talk to me about how you think this opening is going to look. Well, if, 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 uh, if it was done in a smart way, which I believe in governors, I, tr- I want to I say that I heard your last conversation. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe in governors. Uh, I almost think you have to be a governor before you can be a president because mm-hmm. you have to know how to run. Uh, uh, you know, California is like a country. New York's like a country. Uh, Michigan, you know, these are big places. And I, I tend to believe in governors. I, I have a lot more faith in governors. Um, in a lot of ways than I do in D.C. So that being said, you know, I think that, uh, for example, we have a lot of members that own restaurants and we had, you know, we've had Zoom roundtables. I I never even knew what Zoom was. And now I got Zoom coming out of my ears. Yes. (laughs) But we we but but it's wonderful. Right. I had a Zoom roundtable with a bunch of restaurant owners. And and listen, they're prepared to open at 80 percent capacity, you know, have every other table uh, with people sitting in it. They understand that they need to make people feel safe. Right. They understand that. And so we have to we have to believe in entrepreneurs as well. Uh, I'm not saying that we go against science. I believe we need to go with science. Uh, I'm ready for America to open. I'm ready for Las Vegas to open. But I'm ready for it to open with science. But we got to have entrepreneurs at the table, hmm. not just politicians making decisions. We have to have doctors, elected officials, and entrepreneurs at the table discussing what that opening is looking like. So, Andrea, I want to bring you into this conversation. Uh, I I kind of agree. I, I might go into my favorite restaurant if I knew that the only the, that people were sitting 10 or more feet away from me. Um, and uh, I, I might be able to trust that. Uh, do you think that, that people are going to be able to trust that in, in, a, in large enough numbers to bring the business back? Yeah, that's a tough one because I personally don't know that I'd feel comfortable going and eating in a restaurant Mm. right now as much as I really want to support the businesses in my community. And I would rather write them a check for a future meal at this point because how do you know that the person hasn't, you know, maybe they're eating not quite next to you, but maybe they touched your table on the way by and and there's no masks involved if you're eating in a restaurant. So I feel like I personally would be very hesitant, and I wish there was another way I could support those businesses right now. So, Peter, what do you think? Well, I'd like that? to jump in there. Yeah. I'd like to jump into that because you can't say that they're not going to have masks. You don't know what restaurant owners are going to do now. You don't know if they're going to require their waitresses and waiters and everybody that's working there to have gloves on. And they're, they're, I Perhaps. think there's positive things right. that are going to come out of this. And, and I got to tell you, um, if you open up with science, we're not saying open up right now today, but we mm-hmm. can't print money our way out of this. Right. We'll go into a, a, an absolute depression, which will have its own ramifications and deaths. So we have to do this smart. I agree with that, but we have to do this. We cannot print our way out of this. There's not enough money uh, in the system to do that. So what's the alternative? The alternative is to find safe ways to be able to do that. And that includes medical expertise, but it also includes entrepreneurs who know um, 
who know a thing about adjustments and and making uh, making good decisions. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, the makeup of the Latin Chamber because it's a pretty vast group. Uh, you do have restaurants, as you said. You also have casinos, and uh, and you have people who work in those casinos and work in other places. Uh, talk to me about the makeup of this group. Yeah, so we have all you know the, all the large gaming companies are members of our chamber. So you know I'm grateful for that. We have, but we have you know we have wonderful corporations in this community. Uh, that are very responsible. Uh, we have everything from the gaming companies. We have the utility companies. And the energy has been a long, long member of our chamber and a very responsible corporation that always gives back. We have lots of those. And then we have your middle tier. And then we have all the way down to your 1099. You're one, one person, you know, a real a guy, you know, on his own. Uh, we have a between and, and uh, very proud of that kind of a makeup. So we represent everybody. Right. You uh, represent people who have not been, uh, had to be social distancing, like you just mentioned, uh, real estate people. Sales are actually up right now, right? Well, and I'm a real estate professional. So, yes, the real estate hasn't been hit yet, but it's going to be. I mean, next, I'm sure that when we report next month, sales are going to go down a little bit. But houses are still, especially vacant homes, uh, can do virtual tours. Now virtual tours are back. There was a moment there where, you know, people weren't doing that many virtual tours because the economy was doing so well that you didn't really need to spend money on a virtual tour. Homes sold quickly. Right. Well, guess what? There's an opportunity now. I, I got calls today from people that are in the virtual tour business, and they're, they're starting to pick up now because that's really the only way you could sell a house. And some of these things are going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. Like the, I think people are going to be a little uncomfortable for a longer period of time. And so that means virtual things like virtual tours may be able to uh, have a sustainable business. That, and, and that is something that employs artists uh, also who make these videos. So that's also Absolutely. a good thing. Uh, talk to me about construction. Um, most of the, the members, uh, the construction members of the chamber, are they working? Construction's working, as you know. Um, the governor has, has allowed, uh, you know, the construction sites to be open. Um, they employ a lot. It employs a lot of people. Uh, I know that's got to be a tough decision, uh, but I but I also know that uh, that they're, you know the, the the construction sites are held to very high standards. I know there's been I think four cases, uh, and every death, every death. It matters. Mm -hmm. However, um, you know, four out of the thousands of people that are on those sites, I mean, I know they're held to high standards. They have OSHA. They have a lot of regulations and uh, a lot of standards on those construction sites. And so I think that so far uh, the governor has been able to keep those sites open because he wants to keep people working. Right. It was pretty devastating uh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago now, when uh, construction sites just closed down in the recession. You're listening to Impact, a nightly show on KUNV, looking at the social, educational, and economic impact of the coronavirus in Nevada. We're talking to Peter Guzman of the Latin Chamber of Commerce about some of this economic impact. Uh, Andrea and I discussed earlier, Peter, Peter that, um, that, SB, that SBA loans have been delayed have your members experienced that? 
So, so far, we've been very, very lucky at the Latin Chamber. Um, you know, I'm just going to, I just call it how I see it. We got aggressive really, really quickly. Because um, we, listen, we already know that it's access to capital is a difficult thing. Okay. In normal times, just so everybody knows, access to capital for small business is a, is a really horrible experience oh, under yeah. normal times. Oh, yeah. When you, when yes. you add in the le- now, when you add in another layer of being a minority, a person of color, you know, access to capital becomes very, very challenging if you can get it at all. I'm just keeping it real. Mm-hmm. So when we, so we at the Latin Chamber, when we saw this coming, we immediately started calling our members and we said, listen, at, on this day, at this time, they're going to open this thing up. You need to be the first in the queues. And I mean, you need to get your applications in. And I mean, quickly. And you know what? A lot of them listened to us and they did. And they, they, they've had pretty good experiences. Now, I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture here. SBA is tough and dealing with banks is tough. And it's no secret. I think they try to do the best they can, but they're bound to to try to lend money to people that can pay it back. Yeah. And guess what? That's mm-hmm. not always an easy thing to figure out. And uh, so there is frustration. And I hope that I hope that one of the things we learn from this, coming out of this thing, when we do come out of it, is man, let's 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 plan for the next time something like this is going to happen. Mm. Let's make sure small businesses have accounts with some real reserves on it. And let's make sure banks are, are loosening, loosening up some of these funds. The more money you put into, this, into the street, I loans, the more money that circulates in the streets. And we all benefit from that. Right. I, you know, I owned a business for 20 years, and uh, I would be afraid to get a loan in, in this because my margins were so low. Uh, it was essentially a nonprofit. So I, I, didn't, I, I would be afraid that I wouldn't be able to, to pay it back. Are you getting people telling you that? No, no, I think they're going for it. If there's an opportunity, they're going to go for it. And I think fear, I think, I don't think there's much fear. I just, not very much confidence in it because mm-hmm. they've, we've gone down this road. We've tried to get money and it's a challenging issue. So I think it's more lack of confidence, not fear at all. Okay. Peter Guzman is the executive director of the Latin Chamber. We're going to check in with you in the future, Peter. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I really enjoy your show and and, uh, all that you're doing. And I enjoyed the other guests as well. And I'd love to be back. Okay. Thank you. We will definitely have you back. Thanks, Peter. Bye-bye. Lockdown is our specialty. Uh, Silver linings. I want to talk about silver linings here, Andrea, in the couple minutes we have left. Um, I'll I'll go first. And uh, um, I want to say that uh, music is my silver lining. Music has always been, for me, the secondary thing that I've done. Uh, I make a living as a journalist, which is kind of weird, but um, but I, I am an amateur musician because it's it's harder to make a living as a musician. And um, it, as we've been shut down, my one of my daughters has taken up playing the piano again, and uh, the other daughter has pulled out her violin, and they both gave me a mandolin for my birthday the other day. So uh, music is what is sustaining us in our house. Uh, And we do this Friday show uh, about the arts and about how the arts is is keeping us sane. I think Rebecca uh, Colbert said the other day that that it's the arts that are going to get us through this. And I I fully believe that. So music is my silver lining. What's yours? 
Um, <laughs> music is awesome. That's awesome. Um, mine is right now the weather. I'm getting a lot oh, yeah. of time outside that I probably wouldn't normally get when I'm teaching all day. But um, yeah, I'm going for walks, sitting outside, reading outside, just enjoying the sunshine, getting a great tan, and ah, yeah, it's great. Nice, getting a great tan, yeah. doing your push-ups. And you don't feel so cooped up when you're when you're spending a lot of time outdoors. So right. even if you're just like in the backyard in the sun or on your balcony or walking around your neighborhood, it just feels nice to just be outside in the sun and feel a little less locked in. Yeah. You know, the parks, I, I, I've been hearing people saying that walking and, and riding a bike uh, is maybe mm-hmm. not as safe as we think it is. And it would devastate me if that were the case, because the park that's about two miles from my house, it's perfect bike ride. Uh, and then I could hang out there in the park for a little while and maybe have a picnic there with my kids. Uh, and then, and I know it's a big enough place that I know that I'm not near anybody at all. Uh, and, right. and yeah, it's Vegas in the spring and Vegas in the, in the fall are the, they, 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 right. They make you want to stay in Vegas. Like this is, the mm-hmm. t- this is where you're like, oh yeah, I could never go back to that winter. And then <laughs> yep. June comes and you're like, get me out of this place. Just get me out of this place. So, like, I have this, <laughs> right. the weather is my love hate relationship with Las Vegas, but it's beautiful now. Yeah, it really is. And I think, as, as far as being out doing those activities, if you're in the park and you're not really close to anybody else, that, that's okay, right? Yeah. I think so. I hope so. Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna end this right now. Another half hour of impact has come and gone. Thank you to Andrea Cole, who you just heard for co-hosting the show tonight, and to Peter Guzman for the interview. Impact is a co-production of Nevada Voice and KUNV with CCSD parents and no racism in schools. The music you're listening to right now is Vampire Weekend's Oxford Comma, and the music at the beginning is Foster the People's Life on the Nickel. We're going to be back tomorrow at 7 with our arts show. You can get this show and previous shows at KUNV.org. I'm Carrie Kaufman. Thank you for listening to Impact.